Hello everyone, we have Taylor on the phone and the first question I'm going to start off with is Taylor, would you mind telling the listeners of the podcast your name and your profession? Hey everyone, my name is Taylor Marie and I'm currently the marketing manager for BeautyCon but I'm also just overall a marketing and brand consultant for um, many brands as well as being a pageant queen. Nice. So beauty and brains indeed. So <laughs> So with being a talent marketing consultant, have what like what have you learned that has helped you strive in your daily life also in the industry as well? Oh my god, that's such a good question because I literally use the tactics that I do use for like the talent influencer marketing that I use in my day life. And that is basically like either go big or go home and so what I mean by that is let me start with just in general in life right where it's like if you're going to excuse my language I fast something don't expect the best results ever right because you didn't put your all into it so why would you expect to get all out of it you know and so it's the same thing for influencer marketing a lot of the time influencer talent marketing a lot of the times you have these brands or these clients who think oh I'm just going to use two or three influencers in my, you know, my company is just going to rock it off. But what they fail to realize is it's the same perspective, right? Where it's like, go big or go home. So you have to make sure that you're using, you know, the biggest of the biggest, the most effective of the most effective and, you know, the most out there and, you know, um, eye-catching influencer marketing that there is out there you can't just you know tread lightly and think there's going to be results um and a big thing that a lot of people don't know is that with influencer marketing you have to at least give the brand six to nine months to see any roi or any type of conversion or any effect in general from using influencer marketing and so oftentimes i work with brands that expect within that same month or that same week to see these results from these influencers but what they fail to realize is in marketing, you know, it's the first time that these influencers are putting this brand in front of a consumer's face. So it's not likely that, you know, a consumer is going to see it and be like, oh, I want this, you know, I want this this product or I want this niche brand to, you know, I want to follow and be up to date with them. Um, so it's very interesting in seeing that these two perspectives actually do coincide with each other. Yeah, I do. Long story short. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that because I know of an influencer. She does influencer marketing on social media, and she did an ad with Fashion Nova because I know Fashion Nova does the codes, and they were like, we didn't see like any results, but it was only like in a month, and she was like, she was like confused because she was like, she has like so many followers, and she was like, oh, she was like, I don't know, she's like, I thought I had like purchases. I don't know how the code thing works with the brands or whatever. But she's. It was something with Fashion Nova, and he had an issue with her, and they get. They didn't see any like results. The only thing was, it was in a short amount of time. So I do feel like what you said was very important. That brands do need to like take the time out and do the research, and it it just doesn't happen overnight. Exactly, and it's so funny you said that because um I used to be head of marketing for Fashion Nova as well, and that that has always been the rule, right? And so the issue I'm learning just with brands right now in 2020 versus like I was at I I walked into Fashion Nova in 2016, so let's say for example 2016 where Instagram wasn't oversaturated, right? So in a month that person probably would have gotten 
multiple codes. But because the algorithm has changed and all the, you know, all these things are changing with social media, these brands aren't, are not also converting or, you know, they're not, they're not moving with the pace of digital marketing and where it's headed. So in 2016, it was very acceptable for us to say, hey, you know, as long as you get at least one to two codes within a month, then we'll, we'll keep you. But now that it's, you know, 2020 and we have these algorithm changing, it we should be giving them, you know, more leeway. Like, hey, uh, you know, we'll give you a month and a half to get a code up or, you know, whatever the, that, that case is. But that's also the thing that I'm realizing with these brands are everyone will see one brand and expect that the same results that one brand got they'll get not realize exactly not realizing that their followers and their consumers are not the same demographic and that is a big 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 perspective that these brands need to hold on to yeah i do highly agree with that even with the tour i produced a girl boss talk tour i feel like we work with so many different brands and one brand felt like they needed to get like a certain amount of stuff that the other brand got and it felt like one brand got more engagement yeah, I do agree with that. That brand, yeah. yeah. Exactly, right? And so they see themselves and they start comparing themselves like, you know, well, why, for example, like we can do, and this is just totally me just making this up off the tangent, but Pretty Little Thing and Forever 20, not Pretty Little Thing and Forever 21, Pretty Little Thing and Fashion Nova, right? So that's like as if, if Pretty Little Thing was like, well, how come we're not getting as many followers as as Fashion Nova, but we're doing the same thing? But what's cool about Pretty Little Thing in real life is they saw, like, okay, we see Fashion Nova is doing something right, and we want to be in the same industry. However, we're not going to use the same tactics. Mm-hmm. So the difference between, like, a Pretty Little Thing and a, fa- and a Fashion Nova is Fashion Nova is extremely heavy on influencer marketing, influencer marketing and promo marketing. But the difference between Fashion Nova and Pretty Little Thing is Pretty Little Thing is very heavy on customer what is that customer appreciation and and whatnot so they're constantly having all these parties about maybe once a month where they're inviting all their consumers all their influencers all their celebrities to not only come out to their party and have fun with it but you also get to leave with like one or two pizzas for free from their website so they've they've mastered okay well since fashion nova has decided to take over the whole instagram you know, the Instagram niche, we're going to take the, the, the in-person customer service. So come, we're going to physically make these customers come to us and we're going to give them basically celebrity status when they get here. It's a full-on party with celebrity guests, you know, performances, and you get to walk away with free product. So um, that kind of gives you the difference of like what brands are doing and versus also, you know, those who compare versus don't compare and try to find their own niche within it all. I think that's dope with Pretty Little Thing when they do that because they're actually engaging with their consumers unlike other brands because I do notice that some brands they don't like to engage with their consumers if they have like a low amount of followers but if it's somebody with like a big amount of followers they repost their story I did notice that like when I first started like my Instagram like brands will like act funny but then if it's like and when my following like started building up, it was like Mark Jacobs and like different other brands that we post, but like other brands will like act funny, but it's like all engagement is key no matter how many followers you have. No matter 
what exactly there's no such thing as being a brand that's too cool right because at the end of the day these influencers they want to be the the hottest thing out there they're cooler quote unquote they're cooler than the celebrities right and so you have this whole thing where right now not just influencers and celebrities but people in general they want to they want to feel important so and you let me know how you feel because you're a gen z so like Whenever I'm dealing with, like, consumers and customers, now, right now, you have this whole thing of, okay, well, why would I, why would I shop with you when I can shop with Pretty Little Thing, right? Mm -hmm. But now it's this whole thing of, I need to make you feel extremely important, so what do I do on the e-com side or on, you know, on the digital side to make you feel important from behind the computer? I'm going to start giving you incentives till you get something for free and, you know, um, you know, tell a friend, and if a friend, tell, you know, refers, then you'll get another 20% discount. But there's all these things now that you have to do to make the consumer feel extremely important, almost celebrity status, in order for them just to, you know, make a one-time purchase with you. But that's very important at the same time. Yeah, it is. I do notice that, like, most websites, like, they'll be like, oh, when you first join our newsletter, like, you'll get 20% off your first purchase. I noticed that with Forever 21, they're like, oh, um, you get, like, a bunch of percent off. It's, like, yeah, it's a lot. I noticed the algorithms and what brands are doing, it's changing a lot now than when it was past then. Exactly. Yep, exactly. And same thing, like, I was seeing how we were having a conversation earlier about, you know, like, ways to, you know, continue marketing your book and making sure it hits the consumer that it needs to. And those were some of the things um, I was, you know, I was thinking for you as well as, you know, you had, so, for example, you have, I mean, I didn't get to check out your website and analyze it yet, so I don't know what other products you have. But say, for example, you'll do, you know, you'll do, like, you know, buy a book and get product a product of your choice from eat this selection for free, or you know, um, buy this book and uh, with a gift of purchase, and maybe the gift is like, I don't know, for example, um, like a gift card to Fashion Nova, or you know, that was just totally just you know off the the dome. But you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and and, it's, and those are the things that you have to now do is like figure out you know what what works for what brand because no matter what every literally just like a human being being different from the next human being every brand is so different from the next brand what works for you probably will not work for the next person yep and going on to networking because the networking is very important especially having connections have having connections in the industry helped you further your career But I think it was having the confidence within my career that gave me the connections to the industry. And what I mean by that is being able to stand tall and actually say who I am and what I'm doing to someone of importance or someone who else is in the industry has always made it easier. Because at the end of the day, if they say like, I'm a, okay, let me start here. I'm a feminist. I'm a huge feminist. But when I say I'm a feminist, I mean it in the way of, like, it is our duty as women to break through those barriers and figure out how we can be on be at the same level as men. 
Um, and then I also mean it in the way of I think it's perfectly fine for a man to support a woman who feels like they need more within their career or their industry and supports that as a feminist. Um, so piggybacking, piggybacking off of that, um, oh, so sorry. Oh, my gosh. Just lost my, tr- my train of thought as to why I said that. I'm sorry. What was the original question? <laughs> the original <laughs> question is have your connections and networking helped you further your career? Okay, great. Right. So, so saying all that to say, um, one thing that I noticed is I had to on my own, like it didn't take school connections. Yes, I went to school for social media, um, but I had to take the initiative of myself and start doing that outreach to um, like-minded people um, or people that were kind of above me in order to get to where I had to get. But that it really took the confidence to do it because I stepped into the space not knowing what I was doing. And they say the biggest way, one of the biggest reasons that women aren't as you know successful as men is because they feel as though quote unquote they're not prepared for the job that's about to come their way the difference between a woman who says that and a man is a man says they'll take the job anyways and if they fail they fail if they don't then great they made it on to the next right and so we always have in our head like oh i have to wait i have to wait i have to you know i need to be prepared ask me next month i'll i'll you know i'll have practice by then instead of being like you know what, F it, I'm going to try it anyways, if I fail, I fail, if I make it, I make it, you know, Um, and so I've always had that mindset in my head, where it's like, regardless, if I don't put my stuff, my foot out there, someone else is going to put their foot out there, so, I mean, the the worst that's going to happen is a no, and I've never gotten a no since I've decided, you know, F it, put your foot out there, Um, and that's really what's helped me make my connections in the industry, is you know, talking with confidence. And that doesn't mean I'm arrogant, right? That can mean like, for example, you can say, hey, what's 50 million thousand times a trillion? And I'd be like, you know what, Amina, that is a really great answer. But unfortunately, I do not have the answer. Let me get back to you tomorrow and I'll make sure I have that answer for you. But I still said it in confidence, if that if that makes sense. Yeah. And that's what I noticed in the industry that's what these people are looking for. That's what the top dogs are looking for. They're not looking for someone to be perfect. They're not looking for a know-it-all. They're looking for someone who can take what they have and bring it to the next level in confidence, you know, because at the end of the day, no one's perfect. And um, that's really just how I try to keep my mindset, no matter what it is within, you know, career, industry, networking, my family, friends, whatever it is, it's like always speak in confidence and always speak positively. Because you just never know, and you don't want to be the one to sabotage your own success or your own bridged relationships or whatever that scenario could be. Yeah, and to piggyback off of that answer, I'm going to ask, have you faced any challenges, not just being a woman, but in your profession? Oh, 1,000%. I think the biggest challenge that I face, I face is that I'm extremely young knowing the amount of information that I've decided to consume um so um it's it's very interesting because it's it's put me in a space I'm just so you know I'm um sheesh am I 26 or 27 I honestly forget I'm one of of those I'm either 26 or 27 and the biggest thing I've learned is that you know 
especially men, right? Men, they almost see me as, like, their pet. So it's almost like to them, like, a pat on the back or, like, you know, a pat on the head when it's like, oh, my gosh, you're so good, blah, 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 you know? And then it's so funny because then they try to lowball me when it comes to my rates and, my and you know, what the expected pay that I, you know, doing services for them. Um, and I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm an adult. I'm almost pushing 30. I'm old enough to have kids. I have, I have a degree, you know, I, I have a book out. I have all these things like this is what I need. But, um, that is, that is really the biggest challenge that I'm facing. Um, even to this day right now is just the industry in some points doesn't take me serious. I think a lot has to do with also not just my age, but I do have a baby face. So it's very like, oh, you're so cute. And it's like, no, I'm actually a powerhouse. And I can really yeah. take, you know, I can really take your brand to the next level. You stop playing with me. Um, for example, I won't even put this brand out there um, just for, you know, whatever. But um, you, I, there's like right now I'm working with um, this uh the, the the this this uh um person who <laughs> he's he's very like flirtatious you know he's he's probably like the same age as me which is like I get it whatever you're a guy so like the first thing you see is gorgeous you want to get at but it goes back to it's like if it, if I was a guy you wouldn't be flirtatious with me it'd be straight to the point I'd have my money on time it wouldn't be the oh aren't you glad I, 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 you were my first call of the day, you know, like you're not saying these things to other men when they yeah. answer the phone for business calls, but that's what I go through being a woman and then being an attractive woman and then being a young attractive woman is, um, really just being taken serious to this day. So a lot of the times I also, um, you know, I, I get told like, Oh, you know, she's mean or she's rude or she's this. And it's like, you know, I totally understand what you're saying, but unfortunately, if I want to succeed in life, I have to come off as this, you know, with this wall up and have to kind of, my first impression has to be aggressive because I don't want you to take advantage thinking like, oh, she's this nice little girl, you know? Um, and it, it's so funny because it kind of reminds me of like when Gabrielle Union came out, I think it was only last year or the year before when she said like she used to like in the industry be so mean to all these women and she'd come off with like this badass like don't f with me type of vibe and i was like i totally get it besides not x out the you know being mean to women part but i totally get the whole like being this badass and like you can't tell me nothing vibe because you're not taken serious in the industry and it's, it's very unfortunate that no matter what you do you, you know to this day you're you're not going to be taken serious so um yeah, that is that is the biggest challenge for me at the moment. And it's sad that women have to like put their walls up, especially with guys that take interest in them because of their looks or whatever. I think that's very messed up, and I feel like that's still a problem in today's world. And do you feel, I asked another person this on the podcast, do you feel that women of color especially face problems, or do you feel that it's changing? Because I'm young, not even because I'm young, I am young, and so I have not experienced that when it comes to me and my my business and my career. Um, yeah, as a woman of color, I haven't, I have not 
seen that, but at the same time, I don't know if it was because I am a woman of color, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I don't, I've never seen the difference between someone else being taken care of. But one, the biggest, I mean, the biggest thing for me is just the, the biggest difference I've seen is just being the woman, but not necessarily a woman of color. But that's probably also goes to, because I've worked with a lot of people of color. Um, I don't think I've managed, I think I've managed one Caucasian brand and it was, it's a, um, it's a music label. It's called NBA. Um. But other than that, everyone else has been of color, so that might be why. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do feel that things are changing. The last person I asked, and they said that things are definitely changing. But I feel like women overall just face, like, so much compared to men. And I feel like the boundaries, everything that needs to be equal, like, it's been messed up for, like, so long. Like, what you said before, like, with guys trying to push back your rates or, like, trying to take advantage of, like, what you charge. I feel like that's messed up, especially for all women, and I feel like that does need to change. 1,000. I mean, I've even had, you know, I even get, it goes into some depths of, you know, people being like, well, you know, like, hey, just just scratch, you know, like, your, your, um, your, what is it called? Like your rate plan or whatever your rate sheet. And just, you know, like, let's just like figure this out. And it's like, dude, you would not say this to another man. You would not say, Hey, forget about your rates. Let's, let's just figure it out. You know what I mean? And so it's, it's very insulting. The fact that it's like you, I'm still having to prove myself, you know, um, in terms of what my rates are, because it's like, yo, if I said this is my rate, this is my rate. Like, I shouldn't have to explain what's being broken down besides what's already broken down, what I've given you. Um, so it, it's unfortunate. It is. And I mean, it's it's almost normal at this point where I, I'm already prepared to negotiate because I'm just like, and you know what? Actually, it's funny you said that because um, I do, you know, I actually do have a, a colleague who owns her own agency, super huge. Like she, she works with like all the celebrities. She charges 20 K a month. Right. And I'm just like, yo, that's crazy. You literally charge 20 K a month and I'm literally struggling to get you to spend 3000 a month, you know? And so she is white and blonde. And after, now that I'm sitting here talking and the more I talk, I'm like, yo, I don't hear, like, she's having no problem banking 20000 per client. And she's topping at, I think she said, like, 2 to $3 million a year. Or wow. Something. That's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Off of clients. And I'm struggling, and I'm sitting here having to explain to you over just $3,000 when I know you have the money, you know? Um, but it's sad because it's like it's color with color. Like this guy isn't a white guy. This is a black man who I'm like negotiating with to get just my basic standard rates. Um, <laughs> but that's kind of an example I guess you can use. Yeah, I feel like with me, so like I send out a deck and then a brand will be like, oh, well, we don't have the budget, but then they'll spend like 20k on like other influencers or like these like x amount of followers but they won't get in the return but with my connections and my network they wouldn't want to take advantage of that for a small fee but then they'll be like oh we don't have the budget but then you turn around and then you use that on like another person so i don't know brands are i don't know if they're cheap they just don't want to spend the money i think it's followers too and i feel like brands need to shake out of that 
like you don't have this amount of followers but then a person with like the big amount of followers won't give them that much return like somebody with a small amount of followers so i feel like that with the 20k and then with the price or whatever i just don't know that's just very weird how yeah that's weird i can't wrap my mind around that one well it's so interesting amina because it isn't me tooting my own horn but i'm constantly like signing up for those like learn social media, learn how to build a brand in 30 days, da, 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 just to make sure, like, am I missing something? Like, you know, I don't, yes, I consider myself an expert, that does, but that doesn't mean I'm a know-it-all, so I still need to continue to learn, right? And literally, when I'm looking at these, all these, like, webinars and stuff, I'm literally, like, slapping my forehead and shaking my head, like, no, you're literally teaching all wrong. So all this to say, there is no right or wrong way to influencer or just social media marketing. However, brands still don't understand that there are specific, very specific strategies and tactics that you have to use to, you know, understand your brand and the demographic and the niche and the, the people who are, you know, following you. And I think that's what happens with, like, those accounts that you said are like, oh, we don't have the, the budget, but then they go and pay someone else, right? Those are people who aren't experts in the industry. They think they know what they're talking about, but they don't. And there are a lot, a lot, a lot of people who think they know what they're talking about, and they don't. Because me knowing your account, right, or just accounts in general, like for BeautyCon, when I was on, when I was on the actual talent team instead of the social media team, I didn't just look at your account and be like, oh, you only have a 1,000 followers? Okay, X, you're gone, right? I'm literally going through your account and saying, okay, who are you? Okay, who is in your followers? What do you do for a living? Why do you need to be, you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. have to handle every account. And you can't do it based off influence, I mean, based off following, like, all these little things that people try to say. Every account, it's just like being a just a human being, Right. I'm 100% different to you because, number one, I was born in a different year than you. You know, number two, my grade of hair is probably different than yours. Number three, you probably have different favorite color. You know, like, I can go on and on and on. Same thing with accounts. And people don't understand that. So it's like a real expert would know, like, okay, if this girl is reaching out to me and she's telling me, like, check out my network. Like, no, I may not have this amount of followers, but who I do have, you'd want them to see what's going on. I'd be like, oh, yeah, for sure. I want you in there. But any person who's getting just the basic training of social media marketing where it's like, do they have at least 5,000 followers? Of those 5,000 followers, is it a 2% engagement? Then, of course, you're going to decline someone like Amina Lee because you don't, you're literally just following rules. You don't, you're not an expert in what you do, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that's what I do like about BeautyCon. Like, it's not all about the followers with the talent. Like, you don't have to have, like, one million followers to be part of talent. And I feel like with most of the talent in 2019, they felt welcome because they was like, wow, like, we don't have this amount of followers, but they wanted me to be a part of BeautyCon. And that was amazing because, like, people could engage with, like, people with, like, you know, let's say a million followers and then the next person sitting next to them can have 10k but they can network and they can both bring something to the table and that's what exactly. i did like exactly and then look at it like this too right think about how many people got their stardom from BeautyCon. yeah so for example winnie harlow no one knew who winnie was until he debuted at BeautyCon. what was that 2000 
17 or 16 or something like that. But no one really gave her that time of day until whatever date that was. And then it's like, okay, now you have all these brands because there were brands at the festival who seen her on stage like, oh, we want to work with you. We want to work with you. We want to work with you. You know, so it's just, it's, it's very, it's a very interesting time. I think the biggest thing, which is great for you is TikTok is buzzing right now. Yeah. Honestly, crazy. Me as a marketing consultant right now, anyone who has anything to say about Instagram, I'm almost sitting here rolling my eyes to the back of my head. Cause I'm like, Gary Vee's been saying it for months at this point. You got to get on TikTok. Like, it's kind of like, F- and Instagram is more so like your, what do you call that? Your, um, what's that called? Your portfolio, right? Where it's, or your website, where it's like, it's just for awareness. It's not, it's not for analytics. It's not for engagement. It's not to see how many followers you have. Now it's just to see who are you and what do you do for a living? What type of person are you? That is just to, do, just to judge you. But TikTok is really where it's going, um, and so that's what I've been telling my clients is you you know TikTok is where you have to be because you're not if you're not if you're not already above the algorithm and have the algorithm and understand the algorithm, it's no point in trying at this at this time because the Gen Z the Gen Zs are on TikTok and Gen Z is your biggest consumer. Yeah, I noticed with TikTok because like TikTok is so crazy how like. All the celebrities are going on there now. Um, Lizzo's on there. Usher's on there. Like, everyone is joining. And then I notice a lot with a lot of musical artists, how their music how their music is blowing up on TikTok and is generating millions of dollars in their pocket. And TikTok yeah. is just helping. Like, a kid would just do a dance challenge. And then that challenge would go viral because that kid would download that song. And it's, like, going viral out of nowhere. Like, Justin Bieber, for example, he only downloaded TikTok so he could promote Yummy to be Rody Rich. I forgot how to pronounce his name. And then his song, The Box, is, like, going viral on TikTok. And that's probably one of the main reasons why these artists on, like, the Billboard Top 100s, because they're using TikTok to their advantage. And then other people are just like, oh, we don't want to use it. But TikTok is, like, the hottest app right now. Exactly. They don't get it. But that's okay. Don't let them get it because that gives you more time to get your followers up. Yeah, it's weird because, like, TikTok, I have, like, the followers grow. Then I have, like, these 12-year-olds, like, oh, my God, like, I love you so much. Or, like, please comment back. But then, like, you go on Instagram and it's just, like, dang, it's, like, the engagement. I just feel like Instagram is just going down. It's, like, I don't know what Instagram's going to be. Instagram messed up when they when they messed up their algorithm. That's the issue. So yeah. now I feel like they're trying to do things to get the algorithm back, but it's like it's too late. TikTok then took over y'all. Are, yeah. It's basically going to be like Facebook to Instagram, right? Where Facebook is for the old heads. So Instagram's going to be like the millennials, right? Where Facebook was for the boomers. And <laughs> it's just going to phase out. It's just, you know, it's not going to be really one of those. It's just going to be like a Facebook, basically, where it's like you go on for casual situations, but you're not going on there to expect notifications. You're not going on there to expect results. You're, you know what I mean? Like, you're not going on there for any type of business related. So um, that's how, I mean, that's at least how I feel about it, just being. Um, yeah, I do. There's, there's another app that hasn't made it to America yet, but it's booming right now. Um, actually, Kim Kardashian made 
what was it like fifteen thousand in like one hour or something, but it's called Tabao. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it's called Tabao. It's a, it's a, you should look it up. It's a Chinese app. Um, well, actually, they're actually going to be the sponsor. They're actually the sponsors of the influencer marketing expo that I'll be speaking at next month, February twenty fifth. Um, but it's like the biggest app out in the world right now, and it's the same. That basically the functions are. You can watch your favorite influencer or a person, like, go say, for example, like, I'm your favorite influencer, right? So you'll be on my Taibao account, and you're going to watch me go to Sephora and try something on. But as, say I'm trying on, like, the new white eyeliner from Fenty Beauty by Rihanna. While I'm trying it on, you're literally allowed to click and buy as you're watching me try it on. So china in terms of influencer marketing they are 1000 yeah they're killing it right now they're killing it they're like america who like it's crazy um so yeah (laughs) and last question i always like to ask people i interview on the podcast is where do you see yourself in five years and where do you see your profession in five years so two questions in one
And literally, I mean, not every single person says they're a trust fund baby or it's inheritance. Wow. So what I learned from, right. So honestly, when you look around and you see a white person, one, I'm sure it's like one out of 10 white people have trust funds or they have inheritance of some such. And that's why they're chilling. That's why their poverty line doesn't come close to Latinos and blacks because they came from Europe where you come from years ago. So you know where you come from versus we don't where we, you know, we don't know where we come from. So of course ours isn't like that. Um, but because of that, my goal in terms of that is I just want to own a bunch of businesses and I just want to stack. Like I want my money to be long. I just yeah. want it. <laughs> I want like my great, 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 great grandchildren to have trust funds, trust funds from me. Like that's how taken care of I want my family to be. I just want my family to be taken care of moving forward. Um, that, yeah, <laughs> that's really what I'm big on. I'm, I'm a really big philanthropist. I'm, it just stems from me being in the pageant world and from that, I've always just been, like, the mother hen. Literally, like, even when it comes to my mom or, like, my brothers, I'm constantly asking, like, do you need some money? Do you want some money? Do you need, you know? But I'm not saying that because it's, like, this flaunt thing. It's just, like, I want to make sure at all times there should be no reason that my family member or loved one is, like, shoot, I'm broke. Or, shoot, I can't pay this. Or, shoot, how am I going to do this? Or, you know? Um, I don't want that to be a worry because I've had to worry about that just, you know, trying to make my own way up. And I don't want that for anyone else because I know that feeling. So those are my two goals. It's the elephant sanctuary for my life goals and then just being an extremely successful entrepreneur for my career goals. I feel like that's amazing. And for all the listeners, can you tell them where they can find you on social media or where they can contact you to work with you? Yes, yes, yes. You can find me on all socials, taylormarie.in as in Nelson. Um, my public, my PR page is taylormarie.nelson. Um, so yeah, please check me out. Let me know what tips and tricks you need to know. What's going on? <laughs>